0: We start a new series today called Awaken. The series we just concluded, Be Strong, I wanted to lead into this series because this series is really all about awakening your senses and awakening uh, what God is ready to do and ready for you to experience in your life. And a lot of times what happens is we walk around in a zombie-ish state doing much of what we do in our monotonous world, going to... Bed, getting up, brushing our teeth, taking a shower, going to work, working, going to lunch, back to work, home at night, slap your kids, put them to bed. (laughs) Start all over the next day, right? Right, Zach? We've seen the bruises on Grace. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, this is going online too. That That is not true. Zach has never beat his child. Let's move forward. She beats him. She beats, yeah, that's true. That's true. So, what happens is you get stuck in a monotonous day, you get stuck in a monotonous month, and before you know it, you've been stuck in monotonous years. And you sit back one day on the couch as you're watching Jeopardy or Big Brother or whatever it is that you like to watch, and you say to yourself, This is kind of boring. And you're never really tapping into what God has created you to do, and usually for a couple of reasons. Most of the time it's because of fear. Most of the time you're scared of what real change is going to do to you in your life. A lot of the time it's because you are simply asleep, because you really are a zombie. One of the things that the evil in your life will try to do is create a zombie out of you. Create someone who wants you to think that you are here to be served. They want you to think that you are here to demand your way, to get your power, to get your authority, to get your money, to get your house and your cars, and all those things that the world owes you. And so therefore, you become a zombie, and those are the things that you walk after. Those are the things that you chase after. So today, I want to start us on a new series called awaken, and the first part of that is wake up, wake up. Luke chapter 24, we're going to talk about one of the biggest moments in Scripture. Now, there's a lot of moments in Scripture where people are just kind of in a zombie state, and life is just kind of going on, and God comes down and smacks them in the back of the head with a two-by-four, like Greg likes to say, and tells you it's time to get ready, it's time to go, it's time to move. And these moments are so important because what we all need to understand is, like we talked about last week, God knows you're dumb. And those people who walk around in life in that zombie state, those are the people that God loves to use because it empowers him and people can look at them and say, oh, that must have been God. (laughs) Right? Well, here's a couple guys going on a walk. Some of you are very familiar with this portion of scripture. Because you are a part of a movement called Emmaus, and that is where this comes from. That comes from this, I should say. Luke chapter 24. We're going to start in verse 13. That same day, two of them were walking to the village Emmaus, about seven miles out of Jerusalem, and they were deep in conversation going over all the things that had happened. And in the middle of their talk and questions, Jesus came up and walked along with them. But they were not able to recognize who he was. He asked, what's this you're discussing so intently as you walk along? And they just stood there, long-faced, like they had lost their best friend. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, said, Are you the only one in Jerusalem who hasn't heard what's happened during the last few days? How crazy is that? And so Jesus says, well, what has happened? And they say, the things that happened to Jesus the Nazarene, he was a man of God, a prophet, dynamic in work and word, blessed by both God and all the people. Then our high priests and leaders betrayed him, got him sentenced to death, and crucified him. And we had our hopes up that he was the one, the one about to deliver Israel. And it's now the third day since it happened. But now some of our women have completely confused us. Does that happen often? Early this morning, they were at the tomb and couldn't find his body. They came back with the story that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Some of our friends went off to the tomb to check it out and found it empty, just as the woman had said. But they didn't see Jesus. These two guys are in the zombie walk, right? What happens in the zombie walk? Let me tell you. There's, there's, a, there's a great illustration I want to tell you, and when my wife saw this in my notes, she freaked out a little bit. But let me tell you, one of the things that happened to me this week, it traumatized me because what you may not know about me is I am not a germaphobe, but there are certain things that just gross me out, like letting anyone eat off your spoon, right? That's just nasty. Gus, you with me? Yeah. Or like letting your child drink out of your drink. No, that's never gonna happen in my house. (laughs) Things like that just gross me out. So I'm watching the Olympics, and some of you are gonna know what I'm talking about here. I'm watching the Olympics, and I'm watching all these people swim in this pool. Y'all know where I'm going? And then Lochte comes out and says, in one of the races, he peed in the pool. And all these people. Now you guys know Lochte's pretty good, so he's out in front. So if he's, you know what I'm saying? In the wake. And what do swimmers try to do? Swim in the wake. So people are deliberately swimming in Lochte's urine. You with me? So I'm watching the Olympics, and I'm saying to myself, "This is nasty." But brilliant. <laughs> because now when Lochte's in the pool, you're either going to try your hardest to get out front or you're going to drop back for a while. But the point is this. It really doesn't have anything to do with pee. I just thought it was a good story. The point is this. Those swimmers, I'm telling you, I'm an, an Olympic, what do you call that, honey, junkie. Like I, I watch it all the time. It's horrible. And those swimmers just follow that same pattern, right? And they train to follow that same pattern. They can use different styles and all different techniques, but it's the same pattern. It's up and down. It's multiple laps. And all day long at that Olympic pool, it's multiple laps up and down and up and down. And people consistently following that same pattern. And that's how life is going with these guys. See, they're following the same pattern. But what they don't realize is something that's drastically changed for them but they continue to follow the same pattern. They're walking down the road that leads them to the same place they've been thousands of times. They're grumbling and complaining like they have thousands of times walking down that road. They're questioning life like they've done thousands of times walking down that road. Everything is same. Life has gone from special back to monotonous. In three days. In three days, they went from believing in miracles to questioning them. In three days. It took them three days to build, to tear down from faith to doubt. Just three days. And now, the Christ is walking with them and questioning. Well, then, what did happen? You zombies? Verse 25, then he said to them, so thick-headed, so slow-hearted, why can't you simply believe all that the prophet said? Don't you see that these things that had to happen, that the Messiah had to suffer and only then enter into his glory? Then he started at the beginning with the book of Moses and went on through all the prophets, pointing out everything in Scripture that referred to him. So what's Jesus do? He realizes they're in their zombie state, and he says this, Morons, sit down. Let me talk to you for a second. And he starts to teach them everything he's been teaching them for three years. And he starts to go over all of the points, all the main points. My favorite part is the beginning. Because what I love that it says here in the message is this, slow hearted, slow hearted. What's that mean? Your pulse experiencing this moment should be racing. You should be challenged, you should be motivated, you should be running. You should be finding those things. You should be preaching the gospel, but instead you're questioning and you're walking down a road and you don't even see me walking with you. you slow-hearted. Here's the problem with that. All of us get slow-hearted. All of us get slow-hearted. But you've been taught to experience slow-heartedness as normality. And so now for you to be slow hearted is normal and for you to pick up your pace and to tell people about Christ and to experience your faith and to step out of your comfort zone, that's weird. That's what we should frown on. When people start doing that, when people start talking to religion, right, people start eating at (laughs) Chick-fil-A, that's weird. Then he... Began preaching, beginning with the book of Moses. Went through all the prophets, pointing out everything in the scriptures that are referred to him. Verse 28. They came to the edge of the village where they were headed. And he acted as if he were going on, but they pressed him. Stay and have supper with us. It's nearly evening. The day is done. So he went in with them. And here is what happened. He sat down at the table with them. And taking the bread, he blessed and broke and gave it to them. And at that moment, open eyed, wide eyed, they recognized him. And then what did he do? Yeah. They woke up. That's as simple as you can say it. They woke up. Now, it took a lot of convincing, it took a lot of motivation. And it took a long walk back to their house, but they woke up. The first thing that we have to do is recognize the present. Often the very things that keep us in our zombie state, we have to recognize. We have to see those things. We've talked about it numerous times that you can't confess. You can't change patterns in your life. You can't change things that you're going through unless you first recognize where you're at. You can't change pain unless you recognize the pain. You can't change hurt or how people have affected your life unless you recognize those things. You can't move on until you forgive. You can't move on until you confess. You can't move on until you learn how to love. These are different things that that, that all of us experience, that all of us go through on many different levels. Some of us have been abused in many different levels. Some of us have been rejected. Some of us have simply been defeated. Some of us have felt in in numerous different occasions that God doesn't hear me, that God doesn't see me, that God isn't around when I need him to be around. And we continue to motivate and move in our zombie-like state, refusing to change because we refuse to really see our own patterns. And oftentimes, blame our pattern on the person sitting next to us. There's really nothing wrong with me. You're a moron. Right? If you don't like me, then you're an idiot. My patterns are ignored because I like my zombie state, because truthfully, working my nine-to-five job, driving my Honda Accord and living life with my two -- oh sorry, Sam. living life with my 2.5 kids and then my two-story house is really comfortable. And I refuse to be called in action I don't wanna wake up I like my zombie state and so eventually down our road what happens we have to reflect on the promise because of people of faith the thing that God really likes to do is to show himself to you and where does God show himself loudest and brightest usually usually in your trials. Because what tends to happen in a zombie state is you don't see God until you're in a really desperate moment. These guys walked down a long journey, didn't see God until they were at the end of the journey in that really desperate moment. And guess what happened? They woke up. For you to recognize the past allows you to awake into the future. It allows you to wake up and to see what finally happened. Starting in verse 31, it says this. He disappeared, verse 32. Back and forth they talked. Didn't we feel on on fire as he conversed with us on the road, as he opened up the scriptures for us? Didn't we feel on fire? Verse 33. They didn't waste a minute. They were up and on their way back to Jerusalem. Now, do you remember where they were? Now, do you remember what time it was when they got to Emmaus? Right? And do you remember that they invited Jesus in because they were getting ready to eat and then rest? And so what do they do when they're awake and the passion's back? They move. All of a sudden, rest isn't that important to me. That monotonous lifestyle can be changed. All those things that I've programmed myself to do because they are the things that make me comfortable, those things don't matter anymore. And it now becomes the passion burning inside me. It now is about that consuming fire that they were feeling on that walk back to the road because they experienced what they remembered from three days ago. They remembered what it was like to be awake. They remembered what it felt like to walk in the footsteps of Christ. They remembered the passion and they said, didn't you feel that consuming fire again? Did you feel that on the road as we walked and he was teaching us? That is the thing that I long. Christ is the thing that I desire. And sitting here in my monotonous walk in my zombie world doesn't get that. How many times have we sat and said, the passion is gone? (laughs) The passion is gone. Because your monotonous walk doesn't need faith. It doesn't lead to challenge. Oh, sure, you might get frustrated every now and then. Things don't go your way. Then you go to God. Then you're looking for the passion. But what Jesus says is, listen, I need your walk now. So these guys, ready to go to bed, ready to lay down, ready to eat their food, and ready to crash out for the night, get up and go back to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and their friends gathered together, talking away. It's really happened. The master has been raised up. Simon saw him. Then the two went over everything that had happened on the road and how they recognized him when he broke the bread. What happened? The passion overflowed. They woke up and reacted. The third thing we have to do is react and wake up. React. Do something. Move on it. One of the worst things is to experience faith and do nothing. Is to experience faith and do nothing is to think that it's your job to come to church every week and it's my job to feed you, baby birds. (laughs) Right? That's the Christian lifestyle. Listen to my Christian music during the week, sing in the shower or the car. One or two people at work know that I'm a Christian, but, you know, I ain't going to throw it out there and be the idiot. It may affect my job. But don't worry, I'm going to feel better on Sunday. Pastor Brad is awesome. <laughs> I know you all think it. Amen. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Recognize. <laughs> yeah, it, got, it went to my head. <laughs> Recognize the present, reflect on the promise, and react and awake. If we can experience real life change in our lives, we can avoid the zombie state. We can avoid falling to sleep spiritually. We can recognize when Christ is walking in us and through us. We can give him the glory for those things that people want to pour on us so often. We can understand, like like I have understood, that God picks broken people to do things. Because if you were perfect, like we all know you ain't, if you think you are, sorry. But what it's easy to recognize is when you do something good is to know that God has done something great in you, and to give him that glory. I want to close on this. Did y'all see my girl win the gold medal in gymnastics? Huh? Y'all know who I'm talking about? Gabby girl? Miss USA? with the bright white smile? Is she not? I don't know what just happened with the Stefanos, but it got, it got dirty. Not dirty, you know what I mean. Pretty Gabby wins the gold medal, goes to do her first interview, and what does she say, Holly? I love her words, it said this. When I give glory to God, the blessings fall down. How cool is that? To understand that even in those moments, gosh, to be in a moment like that where the whole world is watching you, billions of people, it's breaking records. And in that moment, when all the attention and all the fame and all the glory is pounding on you, to remember in that moment to give all the glory to God is huge. It's huge. Your monotonous zombie lifestyle has to change, has to move. It's time to awaken. It's time to move forward. Will you stand with me? I want to challenge you this week. If you did not take your... Invite cards, your touch of love cards, we've got a basket that's over here on the bar. If you want to take those, there's five of each, and, and, and hand those out this week and use those this week. When we talk about Awaken, one, one of the reasons we're talking about these things, the Be Strong series and now the Awaken series, is because all of us in this room, if you were here when we were eight people, all the way up to right now you understand that God has called us to do something really special in your own personal community. When we talk about your community, I want you to understand there's two communities we talk about. That's your church community, your faith community, and it's also your community. We say Huber Heights because I live in Huber Heights. You may not live in Huber Heights. So it's your community, your work environment, the place that you live, the strangers that you walk by and you don't even look at and smile. It's all those moments that you can affect people's lives, if you get out of that monotonous state and experience and awake in what God is trying to do in your life. So as we pray, I want to ask you to do this. I want you to be real with yourself this week. And as you're in your time of scripture reading and of praying, I want you to really discover those things that create borders in your life. Some of you may be experiencing pain from years and years ago that you can't let go of that you think you can't let go of. Some of you may be going through something new, and it's a new devastation in your life that you're experiencing. For a lot of us right now, it's financial difficulty. It's job difficulty. There's there's barriers and there's borders, and they create this monotonous state, and they lock you down. And what God is saying to you this morning is this, wake up and experience the freedom that I provide for you. So I want to pray that you do this. Confess this week. Confess those things. Pray that God teaches you how to forgive. That God begins to move in your spirit and open doors that maybe have been closed for you for a long, long time. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Father, for the lessons that you teach us in life. And God, we confess, Lord, when we walk through life and we don't recognize you, we don't see you, we don't experience you in the way that you've called us to. And so, Father, I just pray that this week, Lord, that you will open our hearts and you will show us those moments in our past that we need to let go of and forgive, that you will teach us real forgiveness. Father, that we will experience your grace in a whole new way. That, God, we will recognize you in everyday moments in our lives. That, Father, when we excel, we'll give you the glory. That, God, we will operate differently. We will refuse to be monotonous, but we will move on your passion. That our life will no longer consist of just everyday moment after everyday moment, but that, God, you will create something special in our path. Father, we love you. God, we worship you this morning. We pray, Father, that we may glorify you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.